Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to uh, talk to you this morning about living the blessed life. Living the blessed life. And I guess before we can figure out what it means to live the blessed life, we need to know what it means to have life and what is life. And God's Word gives us instructions and gives us some insight on what life is. If you want to know what life is, you can go to the Word of God. And I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of James, the book of James chapter 4. The book of James is a very practical book. How many of y'all like reading the book of James? You like reading it because it's a short book. I know you do. But it's got some good practical uh, application of truth into our life that can help us uh, daily. And James answers the question on what is life. We find in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16, listen to these words closely to what James is telling these believers. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. In other words, he's saying there's some people that, that say they are going to go on this journey. They go from uh, such and such to a town and they, they spend a year there. They travel here, they travel there, and they're making trade and they're making profit. In other words, James says there's, there's like this journey that you go on. And then he says in verse 14, he says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And then he asked this question, and James is about to ask the question, but he already knows the answer. He says, what is your life? What is your life? And then he says, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, James says, he says, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. What is your life? Not, not what is life or what is my life, but the question is this morning, what is your life? What is your life? Now, if I were to ask the question in here today, uh, what is life? I, I don't think that we would get the same answer from any two people. The answer to this question on what is your life, it varies uh, among people. How many of you remember what Forrest Gump said about life? Yeah, we got some gumps in here. Life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Some people believe that's how life is. And then you have some people who define life as life is like being on a roller coaster. Uh, you go up and you go down and then there's twists and there's turns and then the ride's over. How many of you know there's some ups and downs in life? And there's some twists and turns in life. Some people look at life like it's just a party. 
you know, this is one chance I get at life, and I'm going to live it like it's a party, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and no matter what it, uh, the impact it has around me and the people around me. I don't care because I'm living this party. It's going to be the best life. There's never going to be any disappointments, and there's never going to be any pain. That's what some people think about life. It's just a party. And the truth is that we would all love to have that storybook life uh, where everything just seems to uh, fall right in place to the very end. We we all want to live a life that has uh, great significance uh, until the end. I think all of us in here today, we hope we get to a place in our life that we're, we're maybe on a porch one day and we're, we're, we're rocking in a rocking chair and we've, we've grown old and we still got our hair and we still got our real teeth. Amen. That, that's the blessed life for some of you. But you're, but you're sitting there in that chair one day and you're looking back over your life and, and you, everything, you know, you want to look back and you want to have no regrets. You want to have no regrets. You're, that's your definition of a blessed life. Well, I have a news flash for you this morning. The blessed life is not a perfect life. How many of you can say amen to that? The blessed life is not a perfect life uh, because you know what happens? We have setbacks in our life. We have setbacks in life. We have regrets in life. We, we all have mistakes we've made in life. We have failures in our life. And, and I think we could all agree that when we look at our lives, we see times that we have missed opportunities. We have missed some opportunities. Many, many of us that are here today, we, we have the testimony, uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda is your testimony. Uh, how many of you said, if I knew then what I knew now? How many of you ever said that before? If I knew then what I knew now. I don't know how many times I've said that. But you know what? The reason we say that is because I wonder if we would all have a chance, if we could go back in time, would you like to change a few things? Raise your hand. Maybe, maybe have a couple of uh, do-overs on some things. So we, we, we go through life and we see the times that we've missed opportunities. And when we look at our lives, we see times that we were also not only missed opportunities, but that we were blindsided in life. We get blindsided in life and, and uh, those things, they hit us. And they almost make us feel like that they're going to take us out. You you get hit in life and you feel like there's no way that you can ever go forward from this point. That's just uh, because of what's going on in your life. And and that's the way you feel. And that's how it happens to some of us sometimes. Uh, We get blindsided in life like the tragedy of losing someone you love, like a major sickness in your life or addictions that will just destroy you and divorce and maybe some of you, you know, you've had dreams, you know, there's things that you wanted to pursue after and because of the setbacks and and because of the uh, things that have gone on in your life, uh, the dreams have flopped and, uh, and, uh, and the plans you have that seem like they've blown all up in your life and instead of having the blessed life, you feel like you're living the beat down life. You don't have to raise your hand, okay, I know. We all feel that way at times. Instead of living the blessed life, we feel like we're living the beat down life. And the reason why is because the blessed life is never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And James said this, he asked the question, what is your life? What is your life? And the answer to this question is found in the word of God. And you can go into the book, to the book of Ecclesiastes 
to one of the uh, smartest men to ever live, known for his wisdom, and it was King Solomon, and he gave instructions on what is life and how you can live the blessed life. I want you to notice what King Solomon's testimony was because he was in this, on this quest. He was on this journey, and Solomon said these words right here. He had been on this journey, and he came to this conclusion that everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Solomon said those words. He says, everything is meaningless. And if you read on in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, he goes on to say this right here. He says, I've come to the conclusion of the matter. I've been everywhere. I've seen it all. I've tried it all. I've done it. And I've tried to pursue this blessed life. And everything's meaningless. And in verse 13 of chapter 12, he says, the conclusion of it all is, the one thing that matters at the very end is that you fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So what is your life? <clears throat> your life, let me tell you, is a journey. Your life is a journey. Every one of us in this room this morning, we're, we're on this journey uh, called life. And, and Solomon here, he's, he's, he has his students gathered in this uh, place and he's teaching them that he had been out on a journey in his life and to answer that question to discover the meaning of life. How many of you uh, know people, maybe some parents, and or maybe they had kids, and they were like, you know, I'm going to go study abroad so I can find myself. I tell my boy, I'll save you some money. Let me get my belt off. You'll find yourself right here in Clipso. <laughs> nah. But, you know, people spend thousands and thousands of dollars so they can go out on this journey and try to find themselves and try to discover what life is really all about. And in some sort of sense, we've all, maybe not traveled abroad, but we've all traveled different roads in our life searching and trying this and trying that all along the way hoping that it's going to make us live the blessed life. You journey through life and you try to feel that emptiness that you have on the inside. Every one of us in here, we, we set out on a journey and our quest is to try to accomplish something, to try to accumulate something, hoping that those things that we accomplish and accumulate, they're, they're going to bring a purpose in our life. Can I remind you real quick that King Solomon King Solomon accomplished great things. He accumulated great things. And, and listen, and even at the conclusion of that, he says, I've accumulated and achieved and done all this stuff, but everything is meaningless. He says, I've, I've tried everything under the sun. I pursued after everything under the sun, and I come to the conclusion that everything is meaningless and the only thing that matters is a life knowing God and fearing God. And God is using Solomon's testimony today to, to cause us to, to think of our own personal journey. And you know what God is trying to remind us of today? He's, he's so loving and so merciful that he's reaching out to you today. And he's saying, listen, your life is a journey. And, and I, wanna, I want you to live the blessed life. And I want to save you from wasting time. I want to save you from some damage and some heartache and some pain. I want to save you from all this stuff that you're going after and on a journey for, and I want to tell you today through the word of God that, listen, all you need is you need me, Jesus. I'm the one that can give you the blessed life. 
And he's trying to save some of us some heartache and some pain. And, and our response needs to be the same as Solomon, that we would decide today and respond today that a life apart from God is, is empty. A life apart from Jesus Christ is meaningless. Peter even said that. He says that the, the way that you were living in the world, he says, is an empty way of life. And the only way you'll have a blessed life is to give your life to Jesus Christ. Listen to me, please. Your journey will be empty and meaningless without Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen there? You, you know what I'm talking about. And, and the good news is that Jesus wants to be your companion on this journey. You're not meant to travel it alone. Uh, you were actually created to have Jesus with you on this journey. And he wants to be with you. And he wants to lead you. And he wants to guide you. Just like he walked with those disciples on the road to Emmaus. He wants to journey with you in life. And, and he wants to give you the blessed life. Because John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came to give life abundantly. And he wants you to live for him, surrender to him, and he wants to give you that blessed life. Living the blessed life starts with making sure that you're on a journey with Jesus. I ask you this morning, is Jesus on your journey, or is it all about you and what you're trying to accomplish and accumulate? Because if you want to live the blessed life, it starts by making sure Jesus is with you on the journey. And that's what life is, is a journey. And life is also unpredictable. James said these words here in James 4.14. He says, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. How many of you know that the unexpected comes to all of us? He says, your life is unpredictable. We, we don't even know. He says, you don't even know what's going to happen today. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. In fact, we don't even know what's going to happen in the next hour. We don't have any clue, and, and, and here's the deal. We think that we have life all figured out. We think that we have people all figured out. Oh, if you think you got people figured out, you're sadly mistaken. Somebody gave me a book one time says, um, everybody's normal till you get to know them. I don't know why they gave that to me. We think we have life figured out. We think we have people figured out. We think, you know what, sometimes we think that we're actually in control of everything. We think we have it all taken care of. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, without warning, our whole life changes because life is unpredictable. That's why. Think about Job. Job, I mean, you know, everything's going good in Job's life. At one time, life was good for Job. Beautiful wife, beautiful children, family business, everything was going great. And then suddenly, Job's life takes a sudden turn for the worse, and he pretty much loses everything. Because you know why? Life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. And sometimes, we encounter the unexpected, and our blessed life is flipped upside down. Life sometimes plays out a lot different than what we expected because you know why? Life is unpredictable. That, that, that uh, routine doctor's appointment that you go to with the doctor and then the next thing you know, you're talking to specialists that are trying to figure out if that's a tumor on your brain. You, you have situations like that where you're, you're, you're blindsided because life is unpredictable. Uh, one week, you're standing there in a, in a line waiting to go into a restaurant with your family, and you're looking forward to having a meal and fellowship with your family. And while you're standing in line, you're just happy and rejoicing. And the next month, you're standing in an unemployment line because you've lost your job. Because life is unpredictable. 
I think about this. And, and you know, think about the times where maybe you and your spouse had a, 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 a day date or a, a date weekend or you're at the beach and your, your feet are in the sand and you're watching the sun set and you're just sitting there and taking it all in. And then a year or two later, instead of sitting on the beach, you're sitting in the lawyer's office signing divorce papers because somebody was unfaithful in their marriage. I'm giving testimonies. Maybe your son, that son that was so dominated in sports, and now instead of dominating in sports, now he's being dominated by pornography in his life or some sort of addiction in his life, and, and now uh, he's, he's uh, depressed and he's suicidal and he has no will to even want to live. That's a testimony. Young little girl that you raised up and you played tea with and played princess with and dressed up with, and now she's living from crack house to crack house. You, you know why that stuff happens? Because life is unpredictable. We, we all face the unexpected in our life. And here's the deal right here. These people, uh, and all of us included, we get hit sometimes in our life. We get blindsided because life is unpredictable. And what happens is we go the rest of our life wasting our life because we get angry with God. We get angry with God. Life has been unfair to me. I've been dealt a poor hand here. And, and we take it out on God and we raise our fist to God and we become angry with him. And I know people like that in my own family. And I know people like that that have been just consumed with anger because of some things that had happened in their life. And can I just tell you this morning, if you're going to live the blessed life, you're going to have to make peace with God and not go around angry with God. God loves you this morning. He wants to help you. And if you're going to live the blessed life, the greatest thing you can do is for you to draw near to God so he can draw near to you and he can help you and heal you and get you through what you're going through. I've seen the people so angry at God. I'm telling you, friend, it will eat you alive. It will eat your family alive. They're walking around with so much anger and bitterness and what happens is they end up isolating themselves and, and drawing away from God's people. And they draw away from God himself. And you see it and they eventually just die. Spiritually, they die. And God's saying, that's not the blessed life. The blessed life is you coming to me and just making peace with me and knowing I'm going to get you through what you're going through. God help us to make peace with the Lord because life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. Friend, if you walked in this morning and there's anger in your heart toward God because of something that happened to you or the way you were treated and, and you're still holding it against God, I'm asking you right now just to let it go and ask God to forgive you and say, God, I don't want to be angry no more. Give me peace about it, God. And he'll give you that freedom. And he'll set you free from that anger and you can go on to begin to live that blessed life. Life is unpredictable. And your life is short. James said this right here in James 4.14, that you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That word mist there, it's like a fog. I mean, if you've been riding early in the morning and you see fog and then you turn around and an hour later by mid-morning the fog's already been lifted, it's gone. And that's how he's describing our life. It's like a fog. It's, it's thick in the morning and by mid-morning it's already gone. He's reminding us through this illustration that life is short. Life is short. 
And because life is short, many people decide, you know what? I'm going to just try to fill my life. Uh, I only got one shot at it. It's going to be a short life, and I'm going to fill it with everything I can to try to bring pleasure to me. And they do everything they can. People attempt to fill their lives with uh, very toxic and unhealthy relationships, thinking that that, that one relationship can, can do something for them to help them. And they get into some toxic things with people and unhealthy relationships. Did you know that Solomon, Solomon had over 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had over 1,000 women in his life. I thought he was supposed to be smart. What are you doing, Solomon? But you, you, you go from one relationship to the other and you're pursuing after all these things, but he comes to the conclusion, everything is meaningless. And then you think about the woman at the well who went from one relationship after another looking for the blessed life only to find it when she had the encounter with Jesus. As Jesus turned her life around, think about the rich young ruler who had every material thing that you could have. He had the, the big jacked-up four-wheel drive truck and the boat and the camper and had all the things that you could ever want, the great bank account, the good retirement. He had it all, he thought, but he was missing one thing to have the blessed life. He was missing Jesus. What profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? And here's the thing. Every time that we find something Every time that we find something that we, we think is going to bring uh, a satisfaction to us, what happens is we're reminded that the things that we pursue after, they're temporary and they could never fully satisfy you. We soon discover this right here. We discover that, that no friendship, no companionship, no championship, no scholarship, no relationship, no ownership, none of those things can fully satisfy you. The only one that can satisfy you is a man. His name is Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy you. The Son of God. He's the only one that can satisfy that emptiness in your life. In fact, the Bible says that he's the bread of life and you'll never hunger again because he will fill you. You'll never thirst again because he's living water. The Bible says he's the one that satisfies the hungry. If you want complete satisfaction, you want to live the blessed life, it starts by you surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. That's where you have the blessed life. Life is short. James tells us it's a mist. You're here today and you're gone tomorrow. You know, life to us seems long, and we measure it by years, but we make a mistake when we do that because the Bible tells us to number our days. We, we try to live our life thinking, well, I've, I've, I'm this, this many years old, and we measure life by years, but the Bible says do not do that. You measure by the day. You measure by the day. But you know why the Bible tells that? Because life is short. Life is short. If you don't believe me, go to a cemetery. About a week and a half ago, I went to the cemetery where my dad was buried, and I was walking around there at the cemetery, and we have other family members in that area where my dad's buried, and I was looking, and I was seeing all these different ones from our family, and you know what I was reminded of? Life is short. You know why? Because guess what? At the cemetery, there's some big graves, and there's some small graves. There's big graves, and there's little graves. And that's because life is short. Life is short, my friend. Would you put this picture up for me, please? 
This is David Denning. This is David Denning. David had been on a journey in his life. And David had gone after all kinds of things in this world, trying to uh, pursue after them, believing that that was going to satisfy him. And he would have told you in his testimony that, you know, you go here, you go there, and you're trying to fill your life with these things. But through that journey, the total satisfaction came to David when he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Last Sunday morning, at 9 o'clock in the morning, David Denning stood right here. He stood right here, and he had a smile on his face, and he stood here with a testimony, and his testimony was, I'm living the blessed life because I have Jesus Christ. And he gave a testimony that he loves each and every one of you in this church. He loves all of you. He gave a testimony that he believes in God's mission for this local church. He stood right here Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, and testified by just standing here with a beautiful smile. And on Wednesday... He was killed in a car wreck. Suddenly, unpredictable, life is short. Do do you hear what I'm saying? My friend, your friend, our brother, right here, Sunday, last Sunday, and now he's gone. And thank the Lord, he's in heaven with Jesus. We give God glory for that. Life is short. And you look at that photo right there, and he has his hand lifted up to the Lord right there. He has his hand lifted up to the Lord. You know why? Because he had been on a journey, and he pursued all these things, and he came to the place where he said, it's all meaningless, and I need Jesus. And Jesus came in and saved him and changed him, and now he's in heaven with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Life is short. And some of you have walked in today and you're thinking right now, well, I'll get things right with God later. You know what? Later may not come. I I plead with you this morning. I'm not trying to get up here and and scare you. I'm sharing a man's testimony to let you know that life is short, to get you prepared and make sure you're ready. That's what God's called me to do. Friend, you need to make sure you're ready. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven. And some of you keep thinking, well, you know what? I'll get right later. I just got to keep living my life. You know what you're doing? You're living the empty life. You're never going to live the blessed life by running and pursuing for the th- pursuing the things of this world. Because there's no promise for tomorrow. And God in his grace and his mercy, he's reaching out to you one more time today. You have walked through these doors. You're online watching right now. Out of grace and mercy, he's reaching out to you one more time. And he's trying to tell you, you know what? You need to get saved. You need to get saved. You need to let me forgive you of your sins. Jesus Christ, he came to this earth and he had a mission. And that mission was to love and to heal and to forgive. And he did it through the work of the cross. He did it through the resurrection. And he's reminding you this morning that he can forgive you of your sins. I don't care how great your sin is, God's grace is greater. God's grace is greater. How many of you are thankful for God's grace this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. And I ask you the question. I ask you the question, Pastor Kevin, if you want to come. 
Are you living the life you want? Or are you living the life God wants for your life? Are you living the life you want? Or are you living the life God has for you, the blessed life? It's worth living. The blessed life is worth living. And you can have the blessed life. You know what the blessed life is? It's one that counts. It's one that brings glory to God all the way to the very end, just like David right now. David, David is, he's not here on this earth no more. He is in heaven. I think about Miss Carrie. She's in heaven, but their testimony continues to live on. They continue to bring glory to God. And Solomon at the very end says all that matters is fearing God, trusting in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. I remember a couple of years ago, I received a phone call here at the church, and it was a family member, and they wanted me to go and visit this man because he was asking questions about being saved. And so I got in my car, and I drove all the way over into Sampson County, Sampson County. And pulled up there in Sampson County, and there was a little old house out in the country right there. And the front porch was kind of like dropped a little bit. And I walked inside. It was on a cold winter day, and, and I walked inside, and there was a group of men sitting in a living room right there. And they had like a, I don't know, it was a kerosene heater or something, but they were using that heater to stay warm. And right there in that room, there was a 96-year-old man, 96-year-old man. And I'll never forget what he said when I walked into that house. He says, I know it's near the end. And all I can think about, all that's on my mind, is getting right with God. 96-year-old man. He's seen it all. He's accumulated a lot. He's achieved a lot. But in the end, he comes to the place where he knows it's about to be over for him. And all that matters is knowing God. 96 years old. And right there in that living room, I had a chance to lead this 96-year-old man to that blessed life. And he invited Jesus Christ into his life to be his Lord and Savior. And those other men that were around that little room there, around that heater, I looked at them and said, are y'all ready too?" Listen, 96 years old, but it was right then that he wanted to live the blessed life. The Bible says that those who find God find life. Those who find God find life is what the Bible says. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And the greatest achievement that you will ever make in your life is to know God through Jesus Christ. And that you would follow him in a personal relationship. If you want to live the blessed life, it starts by taking this journey and starting it with Jesus Christ. And listen to me, friend. Please hear me. You, you, you don't want to miss. You, you don't want to miss the blessed life. Hear me, please. I mean, I think about what David and, I mean, just, man. Here, today, gone, Tomorrow. I think about Kayla. I mean, so easily she could have been pulled away from this place. 
And it's true for every one of us in here, friend. Listen, the Lord laid it on my heart heavy just a few weeks ago and said, Jeff, when you're preaching, you need to preach like it's the very last message you'll ever preach in your life. And when you come in, you need to make you need to come in with the heart that this could be the very last time I ever hear the gospel. Because the truth is, it could be the last time you ever hear the gospel. It could be the last time you ever hear that there's a Jesus who loves you. <laughs> he loves you. He died on the cross for you and for me. We deserve the punishment and the wrath and the judgment that comes because of sin. But Jesus died in our place on the cross. And I want to just remind you, friend, every one of us in this room, we are sick with a disease and it's called sin and Jesus is the only cure. He's the only cure. And you need to surrender your life to him. He conquered death, hell, and the grave through the resurrection. He's the only way to heaven. And the Bible says, repent and believe. Repent and believe. That means turn from sin. Turn from sin. And turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Do we deserve His grace and mercy? No. But out of His love, He demonstrated it to us. Through the, even while we were sinners, He died on the cross because He loves us. I want to just remind you right now, He sees you. He sees you right there where you are. He sees, the, he sees the emptiness in your life. He sees the pain in your life. He sees the guilt in your life. He sees the shame in your life. And what He's saying to you right now, He's saying, if you want to have the blessed life, you come to me and I will set you free from all of that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Boy. If I'd have heard that in 2002, I'd have been running to the altar. Set me free. I don't want to live empty no more. I want the blessed life. And it comes through Jesus Christ. I heard Dr. Billy Graham say one time, he never met anybody in his life that came to Christ and regretted it. I've never met anybody that's regretted it. And I'm about to ask you right now, some of you, I'm about to ask and invite you to come to Christ. And I promise you one thing, you will never regret it. You will never regret it. Would you bow your heads, nobody looking around. Christians, I need you praying right now, please. Please, Christians, pray, 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 pray for souls right now. Come on, please, church. Pray for people to be saved. I'm going to ask you this question this morning. Are you living the life you want? Or are you living the blessed life that comes with Jesus Christ and surrender to Him? Nobody's looking around. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Christians are praying. You walk through these doors this morning and you know, you know that things are not right. You know that you've been on a journey of pursuing things that have left you empty and now you've heard this word and God is saying to you, you can have a blessed life. Just surrender to my son Jesus. Let him wash you. Let him forgive you. Let him cleanse you. Let him heal you. Let him give you new life. Just repent of your sin right now. Turn from it and turn to Jesus by faith. Just receive him. It's so easy. It's easy as ABC. Just admit that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart. 
Jesus died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. And he did that for you and me so our sins could be forgiven. His blood was shed on Calvary for your sins and my sins. And then confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord now. I confess, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. And I commit my life to you. Nobody looking around and you want, you're, you're here and you want to receive Christ. You want to come to Christ right now. You want, you want to make sure that Jesus is in your heart and that you're on your way to heaven and your sins are forgiven. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand where I could see it right now? Right there where you are. Hold your hand up, ma'am. Just keep it up. God bless you, ma'am. Come on, son. God bless you. Hold your hand up higher. I want to see it. God bless you. God bless you. Is there any others here? Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up, please. Come on, is there others? Just a few more seconds. God's speaking to you, young man. God's speaking to you, young lady. God's speaking to you, ma'am, sir. Right there where you are, those with hands lifted, and even those that maybe not have lifted their hands, and they know, they know, they know. It's just an empty journey they're on. Jesus, Jesus, put your arms around them right now. Just begin to call on the name of the Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I received the gift of salvation that comes through you, Jesus Christ. I, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. I'm asking you to come into my heart now and to save me, God, and to uh, cleanse me, God, and to secure my salvation, Lord, and knowing that I'm on my way to heaven. Lord, thank you right now that I've accepted you into my life, and now I'm on this journey of a blessed life, living a life that's worth living, all for your glory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, let's put our hands together and give God glory.